River Kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 0, Part A. First, a few words about our mechanics. This is a solo game, one GM, one player. To help our lead character Kaelin out, he gets a rotating cast of four main NPCs as his party. And to save us a lot of headaches, only one of them goes adventuring with him at a time, run by the GM. We've previously run through the Jade Regent adventure path, unrecorded, alas, and have taken the relationship mechanics from there to use again here. So as Kaelin bonds with his fellow NPCs, he scores relationship points and gets various benefits from it. This is a Pathfinder adventure path, backwards converted and run in 3.5. As a solo PC, Kaelin is built on a fairly strong point buy, and the encounters have been tweaked, shifted, and altered all over the place to match what's effectively a two-man party. We're also using Harrow cards as hero points to provide a variety of re-rolls and benefits. We didn't record the first book of this adventure path, so for this episode I'll be giving you a catch-up recap on the highlights of what's happened. Our hero, and the game's sole player character, is Kaelin Strongarm, a half-orc fighter and a devout follower of Eristil, god of the community and the hunt. He was raised abusively by a savage tribe of orcs before being rescued by a band of mercenaries. They civilized and helped raise him, but he left after the death of his mercenary commander, whom he was madly crushing on at the time. Our game began with him being hired on as the arms master for Lord Eldest Thorn, a noble in Brevoy, who had paid the mercenaries to rescue Caelan. Caelan meets Varn Thorn, the heir to the house, and his weakling, fey-loving bookworm brother Tristan Thorn. Our first main supporting PC, a bard, who Caelan is to train in the military arts. A few months into this arrangement, Eldis reveals that Caelan is his bastard son, and that Caelan, Tristan, and Varn are all brothers, but that Eldis cannot acknowledge him for political reasons. Brevoy sponsors four expeditions to the Stolen Lands, allegedly looking to map the area. It is widely recognized that they seek to remove the banditry and monsters from the area, and establish buffer kingdoms between Brevoy and the strong neighboring kingdom of Pytax, and that whoever succeeds on their mapping expeditions will effectively become kings. The Iron Wraiths, a mercenary band, take the area closest to Pytax. They are wiped out to a man allegedly killed by wyverns. Van Thorn takes a well-funded expedition to the Noman Heights and sets up a kingdom battling constantly with the local centaurs. Tristan is due to leave with Caelan and a supply of mercenaries, 
only to find his mercenaries politically maneuvered away by Hannes Dreyliv, leader of the fourth group, who will build up a kingdom to his own glory and enrichment at the costs of his citizens. Keen to make their mark before politics can sabotage them further, Caelan and Tristan set out alone. Well, the theory is that Lord Tristan will become a man and assume the kingship, Tristan actually has no interest in ruling, and swiftly advocates responsibility for leadership to his supposed man-at-arms, Caelan. The two reach Oleg's trading post, run by a gruff merchant dwarf named Oleg Leviton, and his startlingly attractive and startlingly human wife Svetlana. The trading post is under attack by bandits, whom Caelan and Tristan dispose of, but they learn of the growing threat of the stag lord assembling a bandit army in the lands. They begin exploring the stolen lands using Oleg's as a base. Svetlana reveals that she is effectively a male order bride, and both she and Oleg were quite surprised to learn the other one's species when she turned up. Seeking to be a dutiful wife, she is looking for something called moon radishes, a magical plant that will enable her to bear a child regardless of the species divide. Caelan dutifully finds them, in the process poorly attempting to hide his own interest in the lovely Svetlana. Backup finally arrives from Brevoy to fight the bandit threat, in the form of the drunken knight Keston Garrus, and Corwin Steel River, our second support PC, an extremely socially awkward dwarven cleric of Phrasma, who's come down to the stolen lands for vague reasons of destiny. Together, they raid the nearby bandit camp, with Corwin terrifying Caelan with his command of death magics. They chase off its leader, Kressel, who was later abused by the stag lord for her failures. Jod Kavkin, a priest of Eristil, turns up following a vision of a temple lost in the stolen lands. Caelan finds the temple of the elk in the wilderness, but is greeted by a mysterious fey man, later identified as Oberon, High Lord of the Fey, and functionally a former god. Oberon shows Caelan's vague visions of his future, seeing himself as the king. Caelan and Tristan discover a band of mites making war on a local tribe of kobolds, they trace the problems to the treacherous kobold shaman Tartuk, who has set events in motion with his false god, Old Sharptooth, to wipe out his own tribe. Kalen reveals Tartuk's plan. Tartuk escapes. Kalen then defeats the mites to win the soot-scale kobold's friendship. In the west of their mapping area, Kalen discovers a partially feral half-elven woman named Bryn, a monk and our third support PC. She's lived out here, orphaned in the wilderness, raised first by wolves and then by Father Bravia, a priest of Aurora. However, Father Bravia has been killed by the Stag Lord's men, and Brins joins Caelan to seek her vengeance. Disguised as bandits, the team enter the Stag Lord's fort. There they meet Akaros, a former paladin of Aristil, unhappy with his life of banditry. Convincing him to join them, they rescue Kressel from the clutches of the Stag Lord, then slay him and many of his bandits in a mighty battle to end Book One. The Stolen Lands. Book 2, Rivers Run Red, begins with the foundation of Stagthorn, Caelan's new kingdom. His efforts to get funding in Brevoy are aided by Lady Michaela Morag, Lord Eldest Thorn's retainer, and our fourth and final support PC. Uh, Michaela is a rogue, multi-class cleric of an unknown deity who dresses in a veil and hides even her species from Caelan. Caelan makes various deals with a variety of groups in Brevoy, who support his kingdom set up financially in exchange for future promises and considerations, including receiving support from the Church of Aristil in exchange for agreeing to marry within three years of running his kingdom. Lord Eldest Thorn and Tristan have a bitter fight over Caelan assuming the throne in Tristan's place, leaving Eldest to storm out, declaring that he has no son. 
A quiet year is spent building up the kingdom. Capital city of Elk's Rest is founded atop the lost temple of the Elk, and the village of Thornwatch is founded on Oleg's trading post. Kalen spends some time with his fellow PCs, and he learns that Corwin has the ability to see people's destinies and their deaths. He claims that Kalen has already changed the destiny of several people around him. Keston Garris was destined to drink himself to death before Kalen intervened, leaving Corwin baffled as to how Kalen can so easily change destiny when Corwin himself is completely unable to. Kalen sorts out several local problems, including a werewolf in town, a dispute between a local fae and some lumberjacks, a monstrous tree attempting to eat a dryad, and then he has his ass kicked pretty thoroughly by a quickling living in a tower to the south. Oleg fights with Svetlana over her mysterious pregnancy. The situation is more complicated than it appears, however, as Svetlana has begun manifesting sorcerous powers. She reveals that in her original homeland of Arisen, such powers would have had her burned as a witch, and that she struggles to control them. She and Kaelin share a significant moment as he encourages her to grow and develop as a person. Goody Niska, a local midwife with a strong dislike of men, is introduced to aid Svetlana in her magically induced pregnancy. Svetlana later gives birth to a human son, Tobias, setting up rumours that Kaelin, rather than the dwarven Oleg, must be the father. The Sutscale kobolds invite Kaelin to a diplomatic dinner. There he meets Hagrolka, an unusually intelligent troll in a top hat and a monocle, who is forming up the monstrous races of the stolen lands into their own kingdom. The kobolds diplomatically slip out of the invitation to join, with Kaelin's help, and officially become a part of Stagthorn instead. We join our hero's adventures with his kingdom a little bit over a year old. His list of counsellors, the important leaders in his kingdom, are as follows. His counsellor, who listens to the will of the people, is Lady Nickel, a grandmotherly old gnome woman who gave the kingdom startup money in exchange for it declaring all fae to be legal citizens. Its general is Akaros, the stag lord's former second-in-command, a fallen paladin of Aristotle, who now prefers to have a good raging barbarian bar fight instead. The high priest is Jod Kavkin, now residing in the Temple of the Elk, a cleric of Aristotle. The marshal, who patrols the wilderness looking for trouble, is Chief Sootscale, leader of the Kobold tribes. The warden, in charge of enforcing the kingdom's laws and its city guards, is First, a strangely sentient golem found in the wilds by Caelan, Designed to look like an Eldori sword lord, first has forgotten its purpose, except that it must protect that which matters most, which it is taken to be the kingdom of Stagthorn. The kingdom's spy master is Lillian Visky, who came to be a teacher at the kingdom's library. She is currently dating Kaelin, which led her to a leading role on the council. Our other four councillors are our support PCs, all now fourth level. The Magister, in charge of the Kingdom's education and learning, is Tristan Thorne, Kaelin's secret brother, a human bard focused on various knowledge skills and an archer. The Kingdom's diplomat is Lady Michaela Morag, a socially skilled rogue multi-class cleric who wears heavy full-plate armour and carries a tower shield around. The Kingdom's treasurer is Corwin Steel River, a dwarven cleric of Phrasma and a wielder of death magics. And the kingdom's royal enforcer, its all-purpose troubleshooter, is Bryn, the raised-by-wolves half-elven monk who tears at people with her teeth in bare hands. She's a woodswoman, a tracker, and a stealth expert. So that's the background on all the events of book one and the beginning of book two that we didn't record. 
if you're ready to move on with the actual play proper, feel free to start listening to episode 1 any time. If you want more background detail, then episode 0B is going to contain me talking about the venture capital system we used, or the little alliances that the kingdom made to begin with, in order to get its initial starting money, the sort of people and organisations that it's had to deal with, and the obligations that Stagthorn is under as a result. I'll also be talking a little bit more about the background of the main PCs, and the mechanics behind how they're built. You don't need to know this to enjoy the game proper, so feel free to skip on past it if you want to get on with the actual play. Maybe come back to it later if you're interested. Or if you want more detail, go to episode 0B. We'd like to thank Paizo for writing this great adventure path, and to you for listening to it. We begin recording these podcasts a little way into book two, Rivers Run Red, with our next episode.